Lots to talk about in the NFL, and here to talk about it with us from ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports. Mike Florio, our guest here on the 72-Sold Sports Line. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. Uh, the, the book is out. Playmakers is out. How the NFL really works and doesn't. Uh, it is a bestseller. Uh, congratulations on that. Tell us how uh, the book sales are going on, on all that. Well, as far as I know, it's going better than I expected. I didn't know what to expect. You know, this process took so long from conception of just general idea, finding an agent, putting an outline together, pitching it to publishers, having them either accept it or reject it. And we actually found somebody to take it on pretty quickly. But then you keep working on the outline. Then you keep revising and you keep tweaking and you keep working. And then eventually you write the damn thing, which actually went pretty quickly. And then it's done, and you're holding it in your hands, and here it is. And I feel like I'm at the finish line. The book's released. It's like, well, we're just getting started. We've got to sell the thing now. <laughs> it's yeah. a for-profit enterprise. Right. So I thought I could maybe exhale a little bit this week, but it really is just the beginning of trying to get people to buy it and have confidence and express that confidence and hopefully persuade them that they will enjoy it. So I know that times are tough now and that – Things are expensive and people are careful with their money and you want to make sure that they never regret any purchases they make with their discretionary income if it's more limited than it was not that long ago. So, you know, I want people to be happy with it. I want people to read it. I want people to learn about the NFL and I want people to better understand how the NFL works, all the different people who are involved in it and maybe better understand the game beyond the field. Yeah, I look forward to getting into it this weekend myself, personally. All right, let me, uh, let's me let start with what happened with Devontae Adams, because it's very interesting that he chose the Raiders. What does that say about not only him and the decision to go play with Derek Carr, what does it say about Aaron Rodgers and how Green Bay handled all of this? Well, it's a fascinating question, and I doubt we're ever going to get the truth, because people are going to have an incentive to get their version of it out there because nobody wants to be blamed for the Devontae Adams relationship falling apart. On one level, you could look at it and say, Devontae Adams has had enough of Aaron Rodgers. After eight years of Aaron Rodgers, he's ready to go back and reunite with his college teammate, Derek Carr. That's entirely possible. At another level, you could look at it and say, this is the Packers' fault because even though they're pushing the idea that they would have paid Devontae Adams more than what the Raiders ultimately put on the table – The truth is that the Packers use an outdated contract structure where they don't guarantee money into the second year of the deal. They don't fully guarantee it at signing. Most other teams except the Bengals do. The Raiders, as best I can tell from the details that have made it available or made their way to social media and elsewhere, the Raiders guaranteed money beyond the first year. So that makes the deal better on the surface, regardless of how many total dollars are crammed into the back end. So it may be the Packers' way of doing business and also – Regardless of what the Packers are willing to do now, why didn't they do it during the season? Why didn't they do it right after the season? Uh-huh. When you wait to the point where you feel like there's a gun to the head of the Packers, if you're Devontae Adams, do you really want to continue a relationship under those circumstances where they are doing it because they have to, not because they want to, and that they basically pay, well, you know, we're not going to value this guy. We're not going to pay this guy. Oh, crap, somebody else values him. As much as we do, we better mobilize. That's just not a good way to, to deepen and strengthen a relationship. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, our guest. He's also the author of Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. It's available on uh, Amazon. He's our guest here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Um, talking about relationships with quarterbacks, we've been talking about the the one here in town a lot, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and that's kind of dominated the the, the 
uh, off-season talk here in Phoenix, Mike. But what do you make of that and and really what has been kind of a quiet approach to free agency by Steve Kime to this point? It's a very simple analysis in my estimation. A few years ago, when quarterbacks would play well enough in their first few years to justify a second contract, it was a simple pass-fail. If you were a guy, especially a first-rounder or a high second-rounder who played well enough and it was time to get your new contract, you became the highest-paid player in NFL history by maybe a half million or so average per year over the last guy. And it went one after another after another. It kind of was like dominoes falling, boom, boom, boom. You had Andrew Luck, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. It it went one after another. And then you had Patrick Mahomes pull the – top of the market all the way to 45 million and in between that you had the Jared Goff and Carson Wentz contracts where they got 33 and a half million per year each and they both flamed out and I think that's when teams started to realize just because a guy has played well enough to get a second contract doesn't mean we have to break the bank for it that there should maybe be tiers and levels of what quarterbacks make and I think the fundamental problem between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray right now is his agent Eric Burkhart wants something closer to the top of the market and the Cardinals are looking for something farther down and right now the gap between in new money average on a contract the gap between the number one and number 10 quarterback is 31.9 million per year Aaron Rodgers with his new deal is at 61.9 million per year Matt Ryan is at 30 million per year where does Kyler Murray fall in that range Burkhart's going to say closer to the top the Cardinals are going to try to keep it closer to the bottom because we're still not sure what Kyler Murray is going to be based sure. on his first three years. Is he going to be durable? Is he going to be effective? Are they going to break this cycle of regressing late in a season? You want to see more before you make that major commitment. I think that's the problem. And because the Cardinals haven't put the money on the table that Kyler Murray wants, we've seen this this kind of sort of dysfunction so far this offseason. The good news is it's kind of settled down, Yeah, but it's not going to settle completely until they reach an agreement, and, and they may not reach an agreement. Two of these teams in the NFC West that obviously have relevancy to Cardinal fans would be the Seahawks and the 49ers. We have no idea who's going to be quarterbacking either of those teams. How do you see the remaining dominoes among NFL quarterbacks falling, starting with Deshaun Watson? Well... Deshaun Watson, as of Wednesday night, was torn between four choices, and instead of picking one, he has whittled off two of them, one at a time, first the Browns, then the Panthers. Now it's down to the Saints and the Falcons. I have a feeling he's going to go to Atlanta, but I just don't know. I just don't know where that's going to go. The Seahawks are going to be in position to look around at some of the options that are out there. There's been some chatter that maybe they'd be interested in Baker Mayfield. They've got Drew Locke now as their top option, which means they've got to be looking for another top option. The 49ers were a team that I thought Tom Brady was going to try to make his way to, and it's possible that he did, and the door was slammed in his face when he tried to do it by way of what the Buccaneers were willing to do or not do. They apparently are trying to get Trey Lance ready, although I'm not ruling out the possibility of them bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. After Lance was drafted, Jed York, the CEO of the team, said on an NBC Sports Bay Area podcast that if they ultimately invest $50 million in Trey Lance's development in the form of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for two more years, they'd be fine with that. So is Trey Lance ready? Only the 49ers know. Um, and that's why I was fascinated by the possibility of Brady for one year in San Francisco yeah. while Lance continues yeah. to develop. But I could see them keep Garoppolo. I think it'll be Garoppolo or Lance for the 49ers. 
And then for the Seahawks, who knows? Uh, because it can't be Drew Locke. It can't be. And I, I'm not an advocate of them using a first-round pick on a quarterback because I wouldn't want to put that rookie in the position of being the guy to follow Russell Wilson. Yeah, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, our guest here on the 72-sold sports line. One more quarterback to ask about, and he, he, he's big in the news right now, Baker Mayfield. I understand the frustration he's had. He said his goodbye. He's requested the trade. And if the Cleveland Browns, Mike, do indeed want a, quote, adult at quarterback, uh, is this stance that they're not going to honor his trade request just temporary posturing in your mind? I think it is. It's either posturing to try to get somebody to offer more, which is pretty transparent and superficial, and it implies that they think there's some idiots out there that may actually fall for it, and maybe there are. <laughs> the, the other side of it, too, is they may be trying to bait Baker Mayfield into his next social media post that makes it easier to separate from him in a way that gets mm. the fan base to say, okay, Browns, we're on board with this. Baker's a jerk. Baker's a, <laughs> a punk. Get him out of here. And then you don't have to worry about being blamed. It goes back to the Devontae Adams thing. Who are the fans going to blame when the pieces all fall apart? And in Cleveland, they want the blame to be on Baker Mayfield. So maybe they're thinking, based on their knowledge of how he operates and his temperament, that he'll eventually say something that makes it easier for the Browns to to emerge from this as the good guy and Baker is the bad guy. Yeah. Mike Florio is the author of Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. It is an Amazon bestseller. You can get it there and wherever you get your books. Mike, thanks so much for carving out some time for us this morning. Good to talk to you, and uh, best of luck great with the book. You guys. Thank you, Mike. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our guest on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. The Friday Bickley Blast will kick off the second half of the show next. And, you know, in keeping with the theme, we're going to let Jared do it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Bickley Blast next. Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.